Good day. Oh, you know what we need to do today? What? We need to say, if you like Breakfast for Dinner with Sarah the Human, if you love Breakfast for Dinner with Sarah the Human, please rate us a five-star review and follow us on wherever you listen. Subscribe. Wow. You can just say that? You can just say rate it five stars? So usually I'm like, rate the podcast. But I've been listening to other podcasts, and they'll just say, rate it five stars. Because... They're like, give it a five-star rating. With, like, Emmys for your consideration stuff and all that, you're not allowed to say, like, vote for the bear. What do you mean? You can't say vote for the bear. No, you can't. It's, like, against the rules. So, SAG... Or not SAG. The Emmy Television Academy will come at you and be like, you can't say that. The bear can't say vote for the bear. The FX, nobody can say vote for the bear. You have to say, this is so stupid, now that I'm thinking about it. You have to say, consider voting, or for your consideration. Okay, consider rating the podcast a five-star review. Hey! (laughs) You can't say that. That is the request. Like, I really don't want people to rate it one star. Or they, like, give an honest four-star, because we're, like, not, like, so professional yet. Just cut the (laughs) bullshit. Just give us fucking five stars, all right? My book got a four-star review, and I was like, fair. You know who's going to give us a one-star review? Who? You know. Joe Rogan. Fucking Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is going to come and find us and give us a one-star That's not going to stop us, Joe. <laughs> We're going to keep on going. You're not going to get sabotaged this time, Joe. <laughs> I'm obsessed with this joke. <laughs> it's too absurd. All right. Listen up. Guns up. Guns up. Hey, that is correlated. To what we're talking about. Yes, that's why I said it. Oh, wow. Matt and Amy are life inspo. Yeah. They're coming on the podcast. We refer to them on a weekly basis as our life inspo. Yeah, they are inspiring. They really are. This will show you why they're inspiring to me. I was giving them instructions on the podcast and what to expect when we're recording. And I was like... If you guys say anything that you want edited out, no pressure at all. I can edit anything out. And I need to read you the text he, he wrote back. This is in all caps. I say, leave it all in. I'm down to talk about literally whatever you want. So press record and let her fly. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. I love them too. They live in Lubbock. Texas, home of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. We need to do a separate episode about Lubbock, you and me. Yeah, Lubbock, an oasis in the desert. Fun fact, Bo and I used to live in Lubbock, but that is how we met Matt and Amy. Great, so um, we're ready. We're ready for them to come in. Oh, we're going to Zoom. We're going to Zoom them. Zoom them in. We're ready. Okay, and uh, here we go. What's up? Your hair's so cute. I just cut it. I'm trying to keep up with you, Amy. Oh, yes. I'm growing mine out because I have a wedding in October. And so after that, I'm like, back to that, baby. (laughs) It's so nice. It's so much more low maintenance. Bo's coming, by the way. He's just getting all of his beverages. You got beverages. I had to do that. I have to. That's what Amy had to do. What are your beverages of choice? Well, right now, because I'm not doing a lot of caffeine so this is a caffeine free orange soda diet orange soda nice. and then just some water because got to hydrate or dehydrate you know got to i have my electrolyte water i'm doing oh, my nice. coffee, my coffee my water and my dead seekers oh yeah, nice. we I'm can't ready. wait to have one of those have you did y'all order it no we're going to detroit next week and so our friends that live there got us a six-pack and I was like, that way we can try it there and then order some if we want. I've been enjoying it. I actually haven't yeah. tried it still. Really? Yeah, I want to try it. She's going to try it live? Well, yeah, live. Right now? Yeah. yeah. Live reaction. All right, here we go. It's very fizzy. I'm going to have a mustache. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's good. It tastes like a beer. Tastes like a beer. I, I can't tell it's not a beer. It's money. I really like it. It's really good. Hi, by the way. I didn't say hi to y'all yet. <laughs> Hi. I was uh, admiring your gaming setup, Matt. I just bought that all for the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what would work, so. 
You get you get a star for teacher's pet. Oh, perfect, perfect, perfect. <laughs> so where if that were true, we would have got headphones. We would have had like the whole thing. <laughs> I know we really need to professionalize our setup. Like we don't have headphones, and we keep saying it's time to upgrade, but we just haven't done it yet. No, you just need to monetize, get ads. Yeah, yeah. who's gonna be our first sponsor? Who do you want your first? sponsor to be ted seegers are y'all still avid arm cherries do you still listen to it i'm super behind so i'm like listening to episodes from earlier this year but amy's caught up i don't listen to all the anonymous ones but everything else yeah i pretty i stay pretty caught up i can listen to it really easily while i work and so yeah, same it's the best. They're the best. I listened to the anonymous ones, so a lot of them are duds, but I'll I'll send you the ones that have me rolling laughing. Okay. Okay, then, good. Then every once in a while you get a story that just has me dying. And I'll be at the gym listening to it. I'm like cracking <laughs> up. <laughs> well, thank you guys for doing this. Yeah, of course. I'm so excited to talk with y'all. I was just thinking about how we even met you guys i think when we first met it was through chase fallon and jiminy and yeah didn't we play pool together maybe i know they had a few get-togethers at their house like barbecues and stuff at their house that we were at oh yeah but i think we did play pool together i know i was in that bible study with you Mm -hmm. Remember, it was a book club i think yeah 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 i remember i I do remember i did not read a lick of the book i didn't buy it and i never do that like usually i'm pretty good what was the book it was something with a lamb redeeming love maybe but i probably was faking it would be my guess you know (laughs) like oh i didn't read it but i can bs with the best of them exactly because so much of that is just so when it's a bunch of girls together I just feel like so like, what are we doing here, guys? (laughs) Like, I don't know. It just feels like a little fraudulent to me, you know, like formative women in a group. I totally agree. That actually brings back like a really specific memory. I was in one of those Bible studies and the question was, describe your relationship with Jesus. And I went first and I remember I said, To be honest, I've never really felt that connected to Jesus. I always, like when I'm praying, I always am more connected to the idea of God. And like, I shared this. Yeah, yeah. And the next person that went was like, oh, Jesus is my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. What have you done? You didn't say the right answer. Yeah, I don't. We could probably talk about stuff like that forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like just put something on my Instagram story that that Amy had shared on TikTok that was like about like just leaving Christianity and being like, oh, it's not that bad. Like you think I it's saw, gonna be? I, so wa- I just watched that. Funny. Yeah. Oh, it's not so bad. Yeah, I don't. The best friend thing always threw me off. I don't really. Always felt kind of weird or like awkward or I mean, I wouldn't have described it as cringy back then because I wouldn't have known that that word existed, but. I don't know. It just always felt weird. Well, when it's the water you're swimming in and you're so used to it, you have to like step out of it, I think, to really then be like, that was a little culty feeling, yeah. you know. I can't imagine being like, Jesus is my best friend. We spend all day together. Um, <laughs> what do you guys do? Yeah. <laughs> so true. I People love gonna... everything you post, Matt, by the way. Thank you. I work hard to cultivate my Instagram presence. So. Anytime I see there's a post, I'm like, yes, this is going to be good. <laughs> And it usually delivers. I uh, probably post more than I should, or I'm on Instagram or TikTok more than I should be, but it's good stuff. It's gold. We're reaping the benefits. Yeah, okay, good. Selfishly, I'm I'm down for that. Please keep it up. When I think of both of you guys, I mean, we talk about y'all probably weekly as our life inspo. I'm not even... Guys, you honor us too much. The vibe that you give off is that you're just so yourself and you don't care what anyone thinks. Yeah. I look up to y'all so much. Well, what's cool is we aspire to be like that. And we're in Los Angeles where I feel like there's a lot of freedom to kind of express yourself and you could kind of find your group. And Lubbock is, uh, I don't know, less like that, I suppose, in some ways. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think we've recently, in like the last two years we've really built like a pretty core core group over the last two years. I think that 
is been completely different from a lot of friend groups we've experienced. You know, when we left the church, it was like no more invites, no more. I mean, people don't check up on you. They don't reach out to you. You know, they'll see you at a restaurant and be like, oh, how's it going? You know, saw you guys are having a kid. Congratulations. It's like, but these, this group of people we made now is like, they've, they're such an integral part of our life that that's the first place I feel like we can just be ourselves and not have any sort of backlash or, or judgment for it. I don't know. You can. Yeah. I think that that's important. I think just myself, the way that I've been since I was like four years old is very, I felt different than my family. And, you know, I always kind of felt like a little bit different or not really fitting in. And so that as I became an adult, that really became a value of mine is like, I just have to be authentic to myself. And sometimes I say the wrong thing or it's embarrassing or I couldn't read the room or I'm sure I offended someone. So now I can more maturely and intelligently walk that line of what is cool to say, fine to say, or fine to express and what isn't. But like this self-expression has always been huge, like just a part of who I, I am. And so it really kind of weeds out the people of like who get it and who don't you know? And so then it kind of just naturally forms around me. She makes me more like that than I think I put on. I think I care a lot more about what people think of us. Are we on time to stuff? Like we probably shouldn't say that out loud in front of other people or (laughs) stuff like that, but she's made me like that over the last 10 years, I would say. So that's great. That's awesome. So this new group, do you feel that it is a, uh, as homogenous of a belief system within that group as it was with when you're Christians? Good question. Because sometimes it almost feels like it doesn't matter as much when you're not religion. And there's just the freedom to, you can depart from whatever your beliefs are. And it's not a deal breaker. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, because I think some of them would still identify, would identify as Christian, just living here, I Mm. think. But it is cool that we do get to talk about all different things within that group. Because there's a gay couple, there's a single girl and some other some people that aren't from here, they just came here. One's from Arizona, one's from California. So they don't have like family here. They don't have those ties. So it's kind of like a good mix. We would get together on Sunday nights and watch like House of the Dragon and Succession and stuff. And yeah. that's the kind of stuff that we would like debate and talk about. And I think with this group, I would just add that like there are a few of them that like regularly attend church. And I think what's different about this group not being a church group or like a from a church setting is that that's not the focus. Like Amy just said, that's not really the focus of our conversation ever. Like we've made it pretty clear, like that's not something we believe in. And so we don't ever really have those conversations. We'll laugh about, you know, politics or you connect on so many other things once that sort of like, not veil, but like once that sort of like outer layer of Christianity is broken and you actually see people for who they are, it's like, then you realize like, oh, this is how people really are. It's not just this one thing that we connect on. We also both like hibachi or we also both watch anime or whatever. Well, it's a genuine enjoyment of their personalities by choice. (laughs) Instead of a, well, I feel like I really need to form a community here and they're around a lot. And so maybe I could connect with them. You know, it's interesting. I just like your mom says this all the time that her identity is in Christ. My identity is in Christ. And that's just like, like you said, like if everyone's identity is in Christ, it, it's like, do we're just all the same people. I mean, what, who are we really? But uh, God created yeah, us. Like each. House of the Dragon is like yeah. your passions and like stuff you like. It's like, okay, yeah. we're getting somewhere. Come on. It's just like super, not hypocritical. I can't think at all today. Not let's be hypocritical, but it's like scripture says that God created every inch of our bodies and every cell in us, inside of us. But all of our identities is one thing. So we're not really that different. And it's like, okay, so are we different or are we not different? Are we unique? Is there no one like us or is everyone like us? Which one is it? Yeah. Think of your mind. And I think the same thing kind of just about me and Matt, like we're opposites in a lot of ways and of like butt heads in a lot of ways. But Every day. what we have connected on and like the foundation <laughs> of our relationship is humor for sure. Is like yeah. the humor and taking nothing too seriously and kind of like I've always said that like he may not be cute forever he actually got Bell's palsy for a while and he w- and he wasn't that cute but he was still funny oh, I'm all really? it's still it's never boring and always funny and like that's always been like our 
thing. Wait, and so it just being something else. You didn't think I was cute when I had Bell's pony? face was paralyzed. <laughs> that's kind of Honestly, that's kind of messy. Dang. <laughs> I bet that was wild. Uh, I feel I am the same way. Like, Bo always says he can never understand who I'm attracted to, like what celebrities I'm attracted to, because it's Everyone. just so random and it's based on their personality being funny. It has nothing to do with their looks, really. It's just do they make me laugh like are they so funny then i like them so i appreciate that about Bo too also you don't only like the funny guys the algorithm is not that simple yeah <laughs> yeah because you're like oh yeah i like jacob alordi that guy's not funny <laughs> that's true that's for amy who's the, the actor from shang chi i guess like oh, she was like oh my, oh my god he is so hot oh my god he is so hot wait show them your, your uh... yeah you should see um so Bo is obsessed with Simu Liu and he just changed his profile photo in my phone oh my gosh <laughs> yeah that's incredible that's oh, incredible from the, from the Barbie movie <laughs> he's my spirit animal him pointing is Bo's favorite scene in that I love him. I haven't seen it I have to admit I I know I know. I have I've seen it twice, but he, so he. I know, I know, I know, I know. But was, I live in a mojo dojo. He was doing Great. this Dancing with the Stars fundraiser thing every night when it came out for like yeah. two hours after work. And oh. so he couldn't really do anything. He was doing dance practice. And well, I was like, well, I'm seeing it on the day it comes out. Yeah, yeah. We you did, have we did the opening weekend. It was amazing. That's why he hasn't seen Barbie. So that's why I haven't <laughs> seen Barbie. All right, that's fair. We'll let it slide. She calls my gaming set up the my mojo dojo casa house is that what it's called yeah, it totally is i love it okay wait i want to talk about how you guys are pregnant congrats yeah. Whoa. thank you thank you when are yeah. you due? Uh, december 3rd early december so how are y'all feeling scale of one to ten how afraid afraid yeah zero Oh, uh, one. One. Oh, one. Oh, one. Oh, one. Oh, one. Oh, one. Oh, one. Okay. Still. i love that <laughs> but amy's answer will be different I had a friend ask me yesterday, like, like, what are you most afraid of? And they're like, are you like about labor? And I was like, I've actually blocked out all of that. Like, yeah. I was like, I had a dream about him because the little boy and I was like, and I just found him on the floor during the dream. Like I, that was like, I was like, oh, I didn't have him. He was just on the floor. <laughs> yeah. And I was the like, floor, that's my mental, like, yeah. of like, not going to think about it. Yeah. Cause I just think I can't having a plan for that or trying to control it is pointless anyway. So I'm like, my yeah. brain will just not think about it. And I'll just experience it having some plan about it and then getting worked up and worrying that the plan doesn't go and all of that like just seems counterintuitive to me so I'm like I'm just gonna not think about it we've waited so long we've been married 11 years and um, I've been ready since year one so I think I just had to do a lot of emotional maturing and all not all of our friends have kids but so many of our friends and family have kids so I think that just prepped has helped prepare me um right. and seeing how their lives change yeah um, and, but I was at a a really good friend's house yesterday that has three little boys that and one of them I'm super super close with he's six and yesterday for the first time they were like okay block the doors so she can't leave don't let Amy leave and so they were like splitting themselves in front of the door <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I was like there I was like these three have been like prepping me to like be a boy mom like for the past like six years and so Wonderful. i was like that was like really cool to just be like i had all this fear of like my kid not liking me or yeah being like my parents or whatever in that and so just like having all these relationships with these little humans and seeing like how it can be or what it you know like the possibilities yeah um yeah. it makes me more excited yeah that reminds me of your post you had posted a picture of you guys in your house oh yeah yeah something like my dream was to create a new family that's nothing like the one I grew up in. Yeah, yeah. that's actually a quote from uh, This Is Us. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh my God, are you for real? Wow. <laughs> so cool, but that's just a quote from This Is Us, guys. Okay. I was like, I hate wow, that. Amy is fucking cool. Um, that's what Jack Now said. we take it back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I take it back. That was from This Is, I hate that show. <laughs> I've never seen it. Never seen it. We're yeah. watching Parenthood, though. Which we've been told is, oh, act is similar. Matt used to make fun of Parenthood because of Max, the autistic boy. Okay, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I, I and now he's come a of, long way doing 
Make a wish. <laughs> well, hold on. I did not make this. fun of him because he was an autistic boy. I made fun of y'all watching it because every time I would walk in the room, it was just people screaming Max's name. Yes. And screaming, and that was all the show was. That is Max. so I did not great. Make fun of Max. anyone with autism. Let's make that clear. Yeah. That's going to be the soundbite for the episode. I'm just going to pop it out of context. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right where Amy Matt says. likes to make fun of the autistic kid. And that's the episode. Yeah. Go listen. A highlight, a clip. Which I don't know if Bo does this, but Matt will like have an idea about a show like This Is Us or Parenthood. Like, no, that's just like drama and that's just whatever. But then if I he actually sat and watched it with me, he would be like, This is so good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bo you know. does that all the time. Yeah. We have a rule because some shows that I'll watch that are dumb, like I'll watch the Kardashians. And I'm just watching it because it's trash. I'm just like, I don't yeah. want to think about anything. I don't want a paradigm shift. I don't want to watch something that I have to analyze after or have it be confronting to my soul. I just want to watch the Kardashians, okay? Yeah. And yeah. So sits next to me and watches it. He always is criticizing it. And I'm like, no, this is my time. <laughs> To just have fun i know it's so ridiculous yeah. but i just want to enjoy it so shut up <laughs> but even with the kardashians i'll like get invested on accident he secretly she, and it. she'll be like you want to watch something else I'm like you can watch the next episode <laughs> yeah. i mean I, I might be on my phone background just keep it in the background yeah the only reality tv i really watch is big brother and he makes fun of it not too bad but then when someone's getting evicted he's all why are they kicking her out why why do they, yeah. why do they kick her out yeah. Where, do you watch Big Brother and you don't watch Survivor? Yeah. It's Are you been, insane? All the Survivor, Survivor like, islandy, tribey stuff is too cheesy to me. The like, Big Brother is the cheesiest thing. You're talking to the wrong person. Bo yeah. is obsessed with Survivor. I'm the, the opposite of you, I suppose. Because they're basically the same show, just they're different settings. Show. Yeah, exactly. You know, like the over the top with the tribal stuff and the, even like their logo and all their stuff. I'm like, it's so cringe to me. It is. They like this take is... it. Like, Jeff, the, the host, takes it so serious. Mm. And I love that about it. But it is a yeah. lot. I love Jeff, but we did listen to a podcast with him. He just released a Survivor podcast. And I listened to it and I was like, okay he's kind of giving cult leader <laughs> like, yeah yeah crazy. like yeah. he is obsessed yeah. with survivor i'm like okay perfect guy for the job this this season of big brother is kind of cringy there's <laughs> a girl from survivor on it though sari which she's oh yeah like, she, she's a boss her and her son is like secretly on it and nobody knows that they're except for one person knows that they're like related awesome maybe i should get into big brother that's what i like it because it's on during the summer usually when there's not a lot of other great stuff and so it's so consistent it's sunday wednesday thursday and it's mindless too they do three days a week yeah sunday wednesday thursday oh wow that's kind of fun yeah did you go to beyonce i see your shirt oh i actually didn't this is oh. actually uh it's from her lemonade Oh, wait, did y'all, are y'all like Taylor Swift people? Did you go to her on 30? Think? No, no, very strong. What notes. is that? <laughs> very strong. Notes. Big brother and no Taylor Swift. Amy doesn't like this analogy, but I say Taylor Swift. Swifties are like Disney adults. Yeah. They're just like super obsessed. That's a fair analogy, I'd say. And I always go on a rant about like Taylor Swift people will like see her in, on a news interview and be like, oh my God, she was wearing a pink ring on her first finger. Okay, that's a callback yeah. to the first yeah. album yeah. in the lyrics of the third song, Four Minutes In. Okay, she was also wearing a red collared shirt. It's like this whole <laughs> thing. And I'm like, dude, what if she was just getting fucking dressed? <laughs> that's almost like flat earthers. Maybe they're like more uh, flat yeah. earthers would be another. Okay, one. that's a great. Okay, okay, okay. I'll start using that one. No, I think one time he just said that they're the same. Disney adults and Swifties are the same, and I was like, well, you can't say it like that because they trade pins. They trade bracelets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably a huge overlap with Disney adults and Swifties. I would imagine. But yeah. flat old flat earthers is a way better analogy, I think. <laughs> no, I, I like her music fine i kind of just got when people are like she's the best songwriter of all time i'm like i mean prince is pretty good guys i say i say that i have to that statement yeah. i feel like i'm a swifty but i don't want to i have to add some disclaimers you know it's like yeah. i when i think of a swifty i think of what you're describing 
and I'm not like that at all. I just listen to her music and stay in my lane. I was a little nervous. I I didn't go to the concert, but we were debating on going. You know, and we I was a little nervous about all the screaming girls. Yeah. Uh-huh. That like freaked me out. And we were kind of like, I don't know if this is for us. So we didn't go. But I am a Swifty. I love her music, but I don't want to, I don't want to subscribe to that label because of yeah. that. It's negative. You're a Taylor Swift fan. You're not there a Swifty. Okay, there, yeah, you, go. there, there you, you go. go. Perfect. I claim yeah. that. That's what at Harry Styles, when we went for like to LA for just that one, we went literally one day and came back the next day. That's I had to plug my ears. We were in the pit. Oh, I yeah. had to because it was yeah. so loud, so high pitched, and just constant screaming. Yeah. I was like, I am too old to be here, baby. <laughs> I know. That's true. Experience out in New York when I saw him because I wasn't expecting that. I don't know what I was expecting. Those fans are insane. But they are avid fans like they are obsessed with him and it was so loud it was like yeah i had to plug my ears too but yeah we're gonna see third eye blind tonight and and incubus is gonna be there but we see they playing at the lone star amphitheater oh nice that's kind of one of the constant things we've done throughout our marriage is we go to a lot of concerts it's kind of it's my thing but he comes okay all right we go to less than one a year so i think we need to go to more oh yeah i don't need to amp that up yeah we really yeah. do it's hard especially yeah. i bet y'all have a lot of talent coming through all the time yeah but it's hard because i'm sure there's something every night y'all could probably go to it's a little overwhelming for sure and when i get overwhelmed then i just don't do any of it you know yeah <laughs> yeah any options I'm like uh, let's just stay in yeah, let's let's just, yeah maybe one day we'll move to lubbock sarah has seriously talked about moving to lubbock like five times in the last month i don't know about that come and join our army it's overwhelming it's like Rent's so expensive and everything's so expensive. Yeah. How, buying a house completely out of the question right now. I think somewhere like here, you just have to, I always try to just focus on the positives of Lubbock. There's not really traffic, but there's plenty to do. And because we're getting more and more stuff to do all the time. We're close to like the mountains in New Mexico. And I'm from a town that's much smaller, like a third of the size of here. And so to me, I'm like, this is a step up, you right. know, <laughs> and like, yeah, that we were able to buy a house and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That's wonderful. Where were you from before? Where did you grow up? Uh, San Angelo. It's just, it's like three hours from here. Oh, okay. Um, but I was from an even smaller area, like outside of San Angelo, where it was like, yeah. you knew everyone that. I'm curious about your upbringing. Like, what was it like that you are wanting to do the exact opposite? Um, well, I would say that my parents were kind of just, I felt like they were always in survival mode. They weren't like, I don't think that they like sat down, had a plan type of family. And these are our goals. And these are what we want to teach them. And these are what we want to achieve. Um, like my, my dad has been married, I think six times now. And my mom definitely had some undiagnosed mental health issues. And so I had two older half brothers um that kind of had their own issues and then just it was just kind of chaotic I was the youngest and I was the only girl and so I was pretty isolated from that in a way like I had a lot of really good friends take me under their wing and like take me to their family stuff that type of thing I actually heard um on armchair yesterday that like the the way that people kind of escape like their social economic economic um or their it doesn't have to be economic but just like whatever their situation is the way that they escape that is exposure to other people that are in different levels and have different habitats and scenarios and stuff and that was definitely me um through like my friends and people that kind of just like saw what was going on and kind of took care of me and took me out and so that kind of helped teach me like oh like what's going on in my house the way that it functions maybe isn't the most normal and it can be this way. Mm. Um, and so I still had a lot of fear after that because I just wanted, I just was like, I got to get away from my hometown. I got to get away from my family. And so that's why I like came to college somewhere further. Now I'll still some, spend some time with um, people in my family. We're closer to your cousins. Yeah. And so that's something I've been super conscious about, like with us starting a family is I was like, we need to be on the same page we need to be like best friends. Like this still comes first. Mm. Um, and we need to like talk about what do we want to teach our son? How do we want him to feel at home? You know, um, like stuff like that, that I think, and it's not that my, they, it's not that they were bad people. I think they were just like, what, how do we get through today? How do we get to tomorrow? How are we going to do stretch to the end of the month? 
you know, that type of thing. And when you're in that survival mode, it's just, it does create chaos and a lack of like that feeling of safety. And so I've been very intentional about making sure we're good. Like we've done a ton, a ton of like counseling and I've been kind of addicted to self-care and we've had both had our own like mental health issues um, of just like, okay, we have to be good or it's, it won't be good for them, you know? Walk me through your mental health issues and that journey. Like, have you, both of you, have you experienced that like your whole life or has it been recent that, that you've noticed it in your life and how do you address it? Yeah. I was thinking about this earlier because a lot of mine does stem from, they probably both stem from childhood, mine and yours. But when I found out about uh, ACEs, you know, the adult childhood experiences or adverse childhood experiences and how many of those there's like 10 you can have or something and it's if you have three or more you are statistically going to have substance abuse issues like wow. it's just like in the stats there and I like did the quiz and I was like okay I have six maybe seven <laughs> oh <laughs> my god yeah. wait I have I think not I had, heard about this I've never heard of the ACEs I think I had one right up. yeah <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll it's yeah it's aces ace we'll send it to you okay um, and people like and the questions seem crazy it's just like the chaoticness and people coming in and out but and so i actually my family a bunch of them are functioning alcoholics but so i haven't drank it's been over eight years for me where yeah. i was like okay i had to i was using it to self-soothe i had to figure that out like i was using it as a band-aid for everything and so I had anxiety and that's how I was like nursing it. I was having sleep issues from both, from a lot of it from the alcohol and just anxiety, but it was like, it was the water I was swimming in. You know, it was like, this is what people do. Like, this is the normal thing. And I had that feeling for a long time of, oh, I need to quit. I need to stop drinking. Like if I have two, I'm fine. But if I have two, then I'm like, we're a party and baby, you know, it was just like that, like that vibe. And so when I even really learned that our minds are different, that we're not just all the same, I was like, really, when I was in college, I like read a Malcolm Gladwell book. And I was like, what? Like, we think about things differently and people react differently. And like, real psychology is a thing. (laughs) And after I read that book, I think it was just blank. I think it was just one of the basic books. I I changed my minor to psychology. And that's like, wow, I really like learning about the brain. But really, before, after I think quitting drinking was the first step and then it became okay why should what else can I do to make myself feel better like how you know and it was like exercise and drinking water and like all this stuff that like if it's not a value that you're taught or if you don't really know why you should do those things as you're growing up that you kind of have to self-teach as an adult but I also do think that's just kind of part of the trend I was like do y'all remember your did y'all's parents work out like do you ever remember that mine did mine did my mom did not my dad did he ran they're like they would golf or you know or yeah. like yeah but the culture wasn't I don't really remember like other yeah. people's parents doing that yeah. yeah yeah and now I'm like moving your you know moving your body changes your brain and so like it's one of those things where I'm like it's crazy like I know that you get forced to you know growing up in PE and stuff like that but then it's like you don't really get taught like the value of it you know when you're younger or we didn't at that time I think it could be changing yeah I I was always taught indirectly or directly that it was to change your external body you know your physical appearance and I would work out for that reason but now I, when I work out, it's just switching that mindset to this is actually for my mental health. Like this is for my brain. I I didn't never heard that until, you know, just like a few years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think for me, like with the ACEs quiz, like I had, I think I answered one that was like that. And I, I've, I've tried to remember it. I don't think I even felt confident saying I have one. So mom, if you're listening, I didn't have an adverse childhood. Um, but <laughs> I didn't figure out anything about myself like that until I was 30, 31. And all my parents ever said about me was like, I was super energetic. I was never quiet. I was like, had all the energy in the world. Like that's all they ever said. And then, you know, I'm working for the church. We've been married and, you know, we're both processing these things. Like Amy's version of dealing with an argument was like sneaking off and drinking a bottle of wine. Like, it's like, we have all these issues that we're dealing with 
as a two 23 year olds that are married. And I don't think they got resolved until later on into our marriage, six, seven, eight years later. And, you know, for me, my mental health issues really came up around year seven when we were married. I just had like a full, and if I'm like talking too much, just stop me. But around year seven, I had like a full mental breakdown. I was working for the church. I was like, I don't know that I can be married anymore. I don't know that we made the right choice. Did we just do something that everyone was doing at the same time? I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know anything about what's going on. And so we kind of separated for a little while. I was living at my parents' house and she was, I mean, you can speak to that, but it wasn't good. And that was when I had, we had a lot of friends kind of reach out and try to like intervention me into fixing our marriage, which was, I think I've learned that my personality now is like, okay, if you tell me I can't do something, I'm a hundred percent going to do it. And now I'm going to do it even more than you thought I wasn't going to do it in the first place. I'm going to separate her so hard now. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well now I'm moving to fucking Europe. And so we had a lot of friends come and like try to intervene, intervention me into like fixing our marriage. And they were like, well, you made a covenant and you made a, a vow before God. And like, you can't undo that. And I'll like, first of all, I can do whatever the fuck I want to do just in a broad sense. Yeah. <laughs> I can do whatever I want to do. I love um, that. More specifically, I understand the choice I'm making. And this is what feels right to me mentally. It feels mentally right now. It feels like the only solution I have. And Amy and I had several conversations over that time. And that was, um, we call it, we call it the dark times. We don't really ever talk about it anymore, but that was like a time where we had real, a bunch of real conversations where, you know, we're talking to each other face to face of like, but you said that you loved me. And I said that I loved you. And like, how does that work with now? And so processing all that in the middle of all that, I was working for the church. They were like, well, if you're not living with your wife, an actual conversation I had was if you're not living with your wife, then we can't allow you to teach uh, right then I was a college pastor. And so they were like, we can't allow you to teach on Wednesday nights or whatever it was Tuesday nights. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, that's kind of weird. But they're like, but we want you to see a psychiatrist. Um, and we we're going to pay for counseling and stuff. And so when I saw the psychiatrist, I took some like 584 question questionnaire for like some diagnosis. And he basically came back and was like, look, you've got adult ADHD and pretty severe like anxiety and there was some it was anxiety and something else paired together he was like this is not a good situation depression oh that's right (laughs) fucking a yeah depression and he was like how you've maintained is that like when you get super when you swing super low your anxiety is so high that it just swings you all the way back up and so you're just you're just um sort of bouncing in through life you've not had a constant or whatever Um, And it made sense. A lot of the stuff made sense when I look back and like try to evaluate like, okay, where did I see that? Um, ADHD, like school is always really hard. I can't listen to anything with words at work or else I'm doing accounting. If I listen to something with words, I get off track or I stop paying attention. And so I just have to listen to like instrumental or whatever. And so my struggles with mental illness or mental health really put a strain in a lot more of a darkness on us more than hers did I think she found a way to self-regulate and like bring in like physical aspects of her body into regulating her emotions and you know I went to see a doctor and I got medicine and uh it helps and yeah how did you guys come back together oh yeah I could tell the because I could tell the good part of the story yeah Yeah, so we fought for years and we're never we're not together Do you want to tell us? I'll update the version and then I can correct it after. Oh, nice, yeah. <laughs> I basically was just dealing like reeling and was just like down this dark downward spiral, sleeping at my parents' house and you know, having a conversation with my mom and dad, really like of like I, you know, it wasn't intervention. It was I understand that you're going through something that's hard, but this is an opportunity for y'all to grow um and for y'all to be stronger. And so she was like at her best friend's house or something for the weekend. And I like kept calling her and like texting her. And I basically just like overly said, I was sorry. And from what I can remember, I just tried to reconcile and just admit that I don't know what happened. I don't know what was going on. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Is that horrible? <laughs> Correct him. Well, Correct I want to say, <laughs> I want to say that like the mat that you see right now and that is with us right now is not the mat that existed during that time. Like I was me and our friends and my family that knows him 
I was really like, I don't know what happened to him, but this is not Matt, you know, like this is not him at all. He was completely different, very anxious all the time, very dark, didn't really have any hope or like that sense of humor or anything. And he would go between depression and then mania. And so it was really just like a scary manic behavior. Yeah, it was really just scary to where I was like, I don't know if if this is how he is, if this is like the new him, this version, I don't know how to be with this version. <laughs> you know, like it's in a way that's like good for him and good for me. We would we did a lot of counseling and I really wanted to like fast forward to like, oh, I want us to like naturally just like be so in love again. I want us to like be back to that place where like when we go on dates, we're like having a great time and holding hands and we're like, I just miss you at the house and whatever. And it was not like that. And like, I think I was just out of touch with reality. That was just a fantasy that I had in my head that would be like that. And so we had a counseling session where she was like, I think y'all kind of just have to decide. Mm. Are you going to like, are you going to do this? Are y'all going to like move back in and be together or are you not? And at that point I was really scared because I, I was like, I know how Matt behaves when he's really into something and likes something and I know how he behaves when he doesn't care about it and I was like I'm getting the version where it's like he doesn't care right now mm. but I was like that's it, and it really it was just because like he wasn't who he is he was not himself he was not in a good place and I actually was like okay I think I'm gonna say no you know right now and so I told him and he did not expect that um and was like I didn't think that at all like this is what I think and that was like I really saw a turnaround in him after that happened of like just I don't think that he had thought of the possibility of it not of us not staying together and so and that's really all I needed was to see like oh that light's still on like he cares and he'll come back and he'll get better so we moved back in and there was like I remember all, all of this now <laughs> I figured you forgot and so you, you were really kind of like didn't see it coming because you signed a covenant <laughs> yeah <laughs> For life. And I remember like that, that first week we like got in a fight and he goes, did we make a mistake? Should we have not? And I was like, no, like we're going to get in fights and we're yeah. going to, it's going to be hard still. It's like that fantasy of us just being perfect again right. after this had happened is off base. You know, like we really do have to put in the time and the effort to reconnect with each other over and over. It took a few like years, I would say before it was like, Okay, we're at a great place again. What know? was it, 2022? I think when you last year when you said like this was a really good year. Yeah, we did. We 2022 was a really great year. 2021 was kind of just a rebuilding year. Yeah. And then like really this year, I've said like this is the way I've wanted our marriage to be like in my dreams, like as a kid. Like I was like you know like we like really connect every day. You know we have fun with each other. We like are excited to see each other and all that stuff. Like. That wasn't there for a while, you know, because I think we were both dealing with our issues our own way and not making that a priority for us to stay connected. But, you know, we got married so young and I really think that we didn't have the tools, you know, is really what it was to deal. And so we each kind of had to have our own self-reckoning moments and then one with each other of, okay, we have to admit what is going on with us, you know, because I think it's very easy to just bury your head in the sand and keep going day to day. I mean, I think Amy might disagree, but I look back on it now and like our premarital counseling was a joke. Like it was like, it, I mean, it was largely based in Christianity. So it was like, are y'all prepared for uniting each other in consummation of your marriage during sex? And it's like, I don't. And I was like, no, I'm scared of that. Yeah. It's like, no, I've never had it before. So yeah. I don't and, know what I'm doing. Yeah. And, or like, Who's going to be the man of the finances? Who's going to be the woman of the house? Like, it's like all this dumb shit. And I'm like, dude, you, we should have talked about, do you suffer from anxiety? Like, do you feel depressed? How do you handle situations when you're confronted with a problem? How do you handle that situation? I would have been much more prepared for marriage had we done even 10 minutes of that instead of weeks and weeks and weeks of, well, how are y'all going to study the Bible together? Wow. That, I don't, that doesn't matter. That. I mean, there is some of that, but a lot of it was like how to fight fair in your marriage, you know, and some of that stuff that is helpful, but it's not like, have you dealt with your own issues? 
yeah. first, can you look in the mirror and do you feel okay? Can you self-regulate? Like what's your self-esteem? All those things I think need to be in check before that stuff. We did our know, that's a- premarital counseling in Lubbock as well. Yeah. Did. It was actually, and it was at the church we were going to, Hillside. Hillside. Yeah. Uh, it was actually super helpful. I don't know what curriculum they were following, but it doesn't sound the same. Yeah, it yeah. seemed like a good happy medium, but there wasn't anything deeper than well that's i feel true. like they they were like uh, all right let's see what's going on with y'all and then it was like okay we've discovered that there is some really big unresolved issues with sarah and her relationship with her family and it was like yeah is there and like we didn't yeah. and it was like literally like a, they were all like counseling sessions for sarah <laughs> because that was the biggest like pain area in our it really, that's true i relate to what you're y'all are saying i mean we got married at 22 and 23 right you were 23 yeah yeah and i feel like i was we were just, not set up for success no i feel like i was just in a dream or something like that survival mode that you're talking about i mean that was totally me i'm just kind of going it's like this decision that you made in that space i'm not that person anymore at all yeah (laughs) like and neither is about i remember you uh uh had said like it was when sarah kind of like deconstructed from christianity before me and you were kind of like out the door like gone and i remember just like getting so frustrated one day and i just said this is not the deal i made when i married you like we made a fucking deal and it was this it was that we were gonna be jesus followers and you're fucking breaking that deal. And I was so yeah. pissed. Like, it's just like, that's not what I signed up for. Yeah. And it was like a week later. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally how it went down. But two, it was a bizarre feeling. Two weeks later, he yeah. was like, okay. <laughs> it really wasn't until after we, so when I was working at the church and all that stuff happened, they were basically, they said all that stuff. We can't let you teach. And so for me, it was just like watching a bunch of like hypocritical things We're we support the LGBT community, like we're allies, but I don't want to say that like, cause it sounds cliche, but so like we, I was witnessing people not being able to like pursue their gifts and pursue their talents because of their lifestyle choice. But like, then we had like people who are clearly living in sin with quotation marks and like being allowed to do whatever they want. And so it was just like a huge disconnect for me. And so one day I came in and they were like, well, you know, we haven't seen any progress. You're not living with Amy still. And so we're just going to have to let you go. And when we left, it was like just a big realization of just like, we've just been living this, like when we had the freedom to leave, it was like our lives got so much better. And I think that freedom to live, I guess, is more what I meant to say. But when there were no like constraints or no restrictions or no whatever. I'm not saying we go and we just have naked people in our house every day. Like we're not just like doing all this crazy shit, but I think it speaks a lot to our marriage. Like knowing that each of us has the freedom to live separate lives, but we're choosing to live together. Right. um, Makes our marriage a lot better. Makes our partnership a lot better because we, everything's separate. Now we had all joint bank accounts because that was what you're supposed to do. Everything was together. And now we have everything separate. And I think to some people that's kind of weird, but like to us, it's just this idea that, at least to me, how I think about it is the, that we have the ability to both say to each other, I'm going to go this way and you're going to go that way. But because we're choosing to live together, to raise a family together, we're making that choice every single day. We're not bound by a contract or a blood oath. Like it makes our marriage way better. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd kind of been faking it a while with church for a a long time. What the hell? (laughs) What? (laughs) Which he would point out because I was like, we're going for the connections and for the people. And he's like, that's not really why we're supposed to be going. And I was like, well, that's why I'm going. I think I just felt a lot of pressure and guilt about rules and the way you're supposed to be and the way you're supposed to feel and that I never really felt that way. And I could see that other people weren't also doing those things, you know? Pretty blatantly. And yeah, yeah. and so for me, when we- That's got someone specific in his mind. <laughs> yeah. I remember, I fucking remember, I'm sorry. I'll let you get back to it in a second. I remember fucking getting, getting emails and being like, 
somebody was complaining about serving on a Sunday. And I'm talking about fucking just holding open a door. <laughs> I need you to hold open a door for 20 minutes before service and for 20 minutes after service. Yeah. That's it. But I get an email of just like, well, this isn't the Sunday that I normally do it. So I don't want to. And I would tell my pastor or I would tell people and be like, I don't know what to do. And they're like, well, they give a lot of money. So you need to kind of make sure that they're taken care of. And I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? Do are, are we serving the kingdom or are we like raising money? And so that's kind of, that's like my thing now is that I'm just like the church is just, I mean, I guess I'm finally like being myself on this podcast, but the church is just like unapologetically a business that strives to make money. And there's, you take care of the people who earn the most or donate the most. And that's it. If you don't, they'll, you know, invite you to the potluck and you'll get a nice brochure and a book on the five love languages. And that's it. Like it's, it's crazy. Have a good day. I'm sorry. If, I'm sorry if you're listening and you know, knew me or know me currently. <laughs> That's how I really feel. If you can't tell that by now, get the fuck out. I mean, couldn't agree more, truly. Anyways, back to it. Well, I just felt a lot of relief after like leaving. Yeah. I had all this internal guilt from it that I was like kind of just putting on myself, you know, like of the way that I'm supposed to feel and the way that I'm supposed to behave. And if I thought a certain thought, then that was a bad to think, you know, and that I should pray and forgive myself for that thought. And it's like, no, that can, I can just have a crazy thought that like, I hate that person right now or whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. like it doesn't have to be like serious about that stuff. And so now I just feel like I can be myself and make choices that are healthy for me, my mental health and Matt's. And we still, of course, I mean, we make mistakes, but we just note them and talk about them and ask for forgiveness you know from the people yeah. that we've actually hurt not just yeah. some made-up thing that we think we're supposed to match up to you yeah. know like I don't know yeah so. with the bible study environment I always felt like when it was prayer request time I had to just share something that I yeah. was dealing with like I had to share like a sin struggle and I was thinking about that the other day I'm like it also is a lack of boundaries like I don't need to share all of my yeah. like deepest, darkest secrets with these random people yeah. every week. I mean, I am a very open person and I will probably answer whatever if you ask me anything, but like, I don't need to, to strangers that I don't know. Like it needs to be a safe environment of people that I trust and that I've built up that relationship such an interesting dynamic because i'm like that's yeah. not really healthy honestly it's for accountability though sarah so yeah yeah, yeah. it's all the buzzwords triggering yeah. well and it puts like a darkness on your life for a little while yeah. after because it's like i love to i love to serve people and to help people and if someone needs me around i want to be there for you but it makes me feel gross to be like i have a servant's heart which I believe that I do. I really yeah, think that. I know what you mean. But yeah. that's like such a tainted phrase or like we I feel really blessed that we were able to buy a house and we're pregnant and we're going to have a baby in here soon. And like, that makes me feel like we're really blessed. I hate saying that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it sounds so dumb. And, and I'm like, say, we're really fortunate. You sound like yeah. someone from the White Lotus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dang, Just, we need new words. Archer from I'm the thankful. Christianese. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Amazing. Okay. Wait, Matt. So you got diagnosed with ADHD, anxiety, and depression. What are some things that you've done that's helped like regulate that? You know, like, do you take meds or like, do you? Yeah. I just tried to do a lot of reading. I've watched a lot of like, it's probably not super helpful, but like TikTok videos on like adult diagnosed ADHD and um, but one, I just went to the doctor and was like, dude, I have this issue. Here's what the psychiatrist told me. I need to know what works for this because I can't, I'm not good at self-regulating. And so when I'm off my medicine, it's not healthy. Amy wakes up at 5.30 every morning. She has the same breakfast. She does the same, like she goes to work out. She has her water. She does, she's on a routine. For me, if I'm left alone to my own devices, like I am just like a helpless puppy like I can't do anything I'm on um escitalopram and a generic brand of Lexapro I think and those two together the escitalopram is my ADHD medicine when I'm on that I can like 
accomplish anything I want to do. I mean, it's just like my brain is so much more focused. And then Escitalopram or the Lexapro, it doesn't really make me feel weird, but I can tell that I have a lot when I'm on it consistently, I can tell that I have a lot less sad days, but yeah, I mean, primarily go see a doctor and even get a second opinion too. Like if you feel like you're struggling with something like, and ask your friends, like asking Amy, like, Hey, have you noticed this? Or, you know, when she's able to tell you, like, I could see a clear difference from medicine mat and non-medicine mat, and it is night and day. Getting those outside opinions like is super, super, super helpful for me, at least. Do you have anything to say? Well, I was thinking too, his, he recently changed jobs and that's been, oh yeah, huge. I mean, your job is where you spend most of your time and that helped a lot. Just the people that he works with now, they kind of have, it's a much healthier environment for his personality. Um, They like joke around a lot with each other. Um, He pranks. (laughs) We scare each other. <laughs> it's getting pretty micromanaged before he was at right, the bottom right. of the totem pole and had five or six people above him, but they would like read his emails that he would send out and then critique them and say, this is how you should have sent it after. Oh, no. so just dealing with that every day was pretty rough. You know, like when you're getting, it's just like pointing out what you did wrong, you know. Every or step day. in and be like, actually disregard Matt's email. Let me. I'll take care of it from here. I'm wrong. Oh, yeah. So then I would send an email and be like, no, disregard that email. (laughs) I'm going to take care of it. Disregard that disregardment. (laughs) Per my first email. (laughs) I'm using a different type of language that also triggers me. Yeah, Yeah, the the corporate language. And so it's really just where he's spending a lot of his time, I think, then affects, you know, like he would wake up and not want to, and like wish would dread going to work. And now he wakes up. And it's like, oh, I'm going to be late. I got to go, you know, like, and he comes wow. home and he has fun stories to tell me today. And they still have work issues. It's still work, right. but it's not, the personalities don't bump up against each other as much. And I just think getting out of a situation like that, I've been able, there's been a very clear difference for me um, noticing that in him. Yeah. We talk about that all the time. Whenever there's a difficult situation at work or work in life, we're like, all right, do we either need to get out of this or do we need to change our perspective on it? And it just depends. Like sometimes it is, you know what? I just need to like be grateful or whatever. And then sometimes it's like, no, I need to get the hell out of there. And then a lot of times getting out of there, it just makes, makes you happier. Like it does, Mm -hmm. you know? When I, I think we've, like we've said a couple of times when, even when the water you're swimming in is super dark, and negative like you have to have somebody else there were several times where Amy was like I don't really know that this is a good fit for you <laughs> like and I'm surrounded by it and it's not a positive thing it can be like a super negative thing where it's just like you don't even realize that you're drowning until someone is like hey dude there's 10 set negative stories to every positive story and it is not seeming like it's a good thing so and we try to balance to like griping and complaining like I come home and I complain about something or work or personal related. And then I try to, I at least try to give like a funny story or give something positive also. Cause I don't want her to just, yeah. they're going to meet each other someday. Like my work people and AMA. And it's like, I don't want it to be this like savior thing of like, well, you guys are the ones who did this and I hate you. Yeah. Well, it's, you have to come home and tell about all the good things too. You can't just yeah. only complain. You have to like, remember, I had a really great day and this is why, you know? Yeah. I feel like there's very few days that are just all good or all bad. Like there's something yeah. that you can find. And Bo, you're working, you're working in film. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm at uh, FX. So it's television. Okay. In the publicity department, I'm on the awards team, which is a really weird niche field of like, marketing to voters specifically for like emmys and golden Globes oh, and stuff cool. like that cool. yeah it's weird i mean it's it's cool it's been fun it's also just like so strange like the golden globes that you're they added some voters recently but you're literally marketing to like 84 people on the yeah, yeah. and they yeah. all live like within 10 miles of each other and yeah all the other studios are competing for these 83 people's votes. That's crazy. All these like political things where it's like, well, we don't want to submit this person because they'll take votes away from this person. But just like the oh. church where it's like, yeah, but that person will get mad if we don't submit them. They'll yeah. Care about them. And it's like, this is 
lot. So yeah, yeah. nuance, but it's it's fun. Thank you guys so much. It was so fun. Yeah, of course. Yeah, this is great. You guys did Anytime. amazing. Y'all are naturals. Yeah, for real. We are easy to talk to. Yeah, that makes it honestly, it makes it so much easier to talk when the people you're talking to aren't just a wall or <laughs> boring as hell yeah y'all aren't a wall or boring as hell i'll let you know when it's um launched uh, or when it's gonna be released uh yeah end of september early october or something like that i'll let you know oh i'll see it on the instagram <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah you'll just follow see it, it. Oh, yeah. your face will pop up <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you guys hey well we love y'all love, love you guys bye see you later bye